So here we are. It's Easter Sunday and it's time for Always on Sunday with Den and Lowe. Well, yes, it is. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, honey. I love you. I love you. We're kicking it off with an I love you. Yes. All right, great. Well, today we don't have a specific topic, so I thought we might have a smorgasbord of topics. A smorgasbord? Well, that sounds like something to eat. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start with what you had for brunch today. Well, it's uh, pretty much the best you could possibly have. I started with quiche that was spinach and feta cheese and probably some other cheese in there, but that was fabulous, and some ham, some deviled eggs, a nice roll. I mean, what more could you want? Oh, let's see. Some, did I mention ham? (laughs) Yeah. And we had yogurt parfaits with fruit. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And we had some croissants and we had some pastries and some muffins. Well, yeah, I had a muffin top this morning that was very unusual in that it seemed to have a layer of apples or applesauce in it. So it was really unique, but it was looked just like a muffin top. Yeah, like a filled muffin top with an apple pie filling. That was yeah. good. Yeah. So Kind of right. a cardamom flavor, if I can adjust my taste buds. Yeah. So when you were growing up and you would go to Easter dinner at a relative's house, or maybe your mom prepared it, what were some of the foods that were served? Well, typically around Easter time, we had ham ham and more ham. Yeah. And that was whether we hosted or whether we went to grandparents or cousins places. It was always ham at Easter time. And of course we had ample eggs and uh, we had scalloped potatoes usually. Both my grandparents, my grandmothers especially, made great scalloped potatoes and it was always good. Now, my grandma Sullins made red-eye gravy from time to time, and I remember that as being sort of a treat, extra salty and all, but a little bit of horseradish here and there, especially at Grandma Surgeon's house with ham. Horseradish was on the menu. Oh, my gosh, yeah. My grandfather used to grind his own horseradish or grate his own horseradish because he said what was in the jar was no good. Oh, and he said that with a German accent. Oh, no good. Oh. <laughs> so it's kind of cute. But Well, we were the same way. And we typically celebrated with our, our cousins, my father's uh, brother's family and us. And we would go back and forth each year. And it was always ham, ham, potatoes, cheesy potatoes or scalloped potatoes or something good like that. And, of course, salad and whatever. And I just remember, you know, eight cousins running around you know, outdoors and playing hide and seek and having a lot of fun. So for all of our friends and family that have young ones, it's a wonderful weekend to spend with the kids and just hang out and watch them open their Easter baskets and do Easter egg hunts and just basically cause general chaos for all the adults. Yeah, well, you know, I forgot about the ubiquitous Easter eggs and uh chocolate bunnies and things of that nature. You can't live through Easter as a child without peeps. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So, you know, the argument was always, are they better when they're fresh and very soft, or are they better when they're dried out a little bit and they pull when you bite them? They're better when you put them in the microwave and blow them up and don't eat them at all because they're just nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Now they have all different colors, peeps. 
So it's well, not just yellow. They've got purple, blue. I mean, they've got every oh, color under the sun now, even chocolate peeps. Well, it sounds like that book that uh, Penn and Teller wrote several years ago called How to Play with Your Food. <laughs> we did plenty of that. I remember one time when my parents went out of town and my sister and I were home and we, we were in high school. We were living in Farmington at the time. And I cooked dinner and we decided we're not going to use plates. So we put all the food right on the table and ate off the table. Oh my gosh. I bet that was delicious. Did it you... was hilarious. <laughs> it was like some weird defiance. Like we can do whatever the hell we want. Our parents aren't here. Either that or we were high on drugs. I don't know which. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, once in a while, my mom would indulge us if we wanted something unique or different for dinner. She would try to amuse us and keep us from getting into all kinds of trouble. And uh, one time she let me cook one of our favorite dishes, tuna noodle casserole Ooh, yum. for the whole family. And what was different this time is I got to experiment with food coloring. And so my bright idea was that everybody would love it if I colored it blue. So I used all of that little bottle of blue food coloring. Oh my gosh. And everybody had it land on their plate. We had broccoli to go with it. And when everybody saw, and dad wasn't around, I think that's the only way we could get away with this, but uh, put blue tuna noodle casserole on people's plates and everybody pretty much turned their nose up at it. I had to try it just to see, did it taste different? And it didn't. But everybody protested. So back in the pan it went, and I added some red food coloring to bring the blue down and a little <laughs> bit of green food coloring. It ended up being dark brown. Oh, gross. <laughs> but for some reason, everybody was fooled into eating it that way. So... <laughs> That reminds me, you know, we recently had uh, St. Patrick's Day a couple weeks ago, and I remember when my sister's kids, three kids were young, and I would have them over for St. Patrick's, and I would color everything green. So I would, like, make green butter and green eggs and green noodles and green everything. And uh, to this day, at least one of them still reminds me that I did that, but... It was good fun, you know, for the kids to come over and have something different. So, of course, little kids didn't mind everything being green on St. Patrick's no, Day. No, it's fun to explore food of different colors. Yeah, and I think I let them eat it right off the table, too, instead of using plates. Oh, my gosh, that <laughs> makes a big difference. I don't know why I didn't think about that in my youth. <laughs> anything to be defiant and different. Yeah, well, that's that's something that I was and. You can talk to any of my family. They'll tell you that I could be quite defiant. It was a trait that still sticks with me. I think my parents, at a certain stage, were afraid when I moved out of the house that I was going to become one of those rebels without a cause. Or uh, <laughs> Did you, know. you have a black leather jacket? No, I always wanted one, though. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until sure. I met you that I got one. Oh, that's true, yeah, because I like black leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> I had a brown leather jacket twice. I think I still got a brown one, but once upon a time, I had one of those brown, shiny leather jackets. Wow. I thought I was pretty cool. Snazzy. <laughs> All right, Denbo. Well, we're going to think of another topic. 
We'll be back in a few minutes. So Denbo, one of the things that came up in our last little segment was cousins and hanging out with cousins at different holiday events and all the trouble that we used to get into. And I remember one time I spent the summer with my cousins in Indiana and I had a cousin who was my age. We're 28 days apart. She's just slightly older than me. I will always be younger, Denise. Anyway, so we would, uh, her dad was a builder and was building a home behind theirs, and we would run out in the backyard of their house and then run over to this brand new street that was being built. And there was a big, huge foundation for a house. It was just this beautiful slab of concrete. And of course, we jumped up on it. There was, a, I don't know if there was a basement or a crawl space, probably a crawl space. But anyways, we got up on it, and then we would pretend it was a stage. Oh, and then we would start Always the entertainer, of course. <laughs> so then we would sing different songs, and one of our favorite songs to sing was "On Top of the World" by Helen Reddy. Oh, do you know it, how that one goes? I I think so. It's "I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar." No, that's another one. I don't think we knew that one yet. No, oh, we okay. did this one. I'm on the top of the world, looking down on creation, and the only explanation I can find is the love that I found ever since you've been around is what put me on the top of the world. You're making me laugh. <laughs> I can't You're help la- it. It's so entertaining. <laughs> Honest to I should have done the dance moves with it because it was a huge foundation so we were all over the place singing that stage show (laughs) we used to put a lot of shows on i mean and my younger sister and i would put shows on for my parents all the time and you know to think my parents sat through that stuff it's kind of humorous now looking back yes it it. is (laughs) oh so you have a ton of cousins so tell me about your one of your cousin stories well it's hard to choose one um, one of my cousins, who shall remain nameless, showed up one time with her family. And she said, how's it going? I said, it's all over but the crying. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you guys at? At your grandparents' farm? Yeah, it was at the farm. And it was traditional. You know, we'd have so many cousins get together at once that we knew somebody was going to get in <laughs> trouble soon. <laughs> but probably the, uh, you know, nobody burned anything down. That's good. Though there was a grass fire or two. (laughs) Um, But I think the biggest trouble that we ever got in as cousins occurred over a period of days. And it wasn't Easter time, but it was in the fall. And my grandparents at that stage heated the house, the farmhouse, with wood. And so my grandpa had made arrangements to cut wood from one of the neighbors that was two or three miles away. And they had a... uh, sugar bush. It was all maple trees. And he'd go in and cut down the dead trees, stack stack up, or he'd cut up the wood from the fallen trees, and he'd take his uh, grandsons to go stack the wood into the wagon, and then he'd haul the wood and his grandkids back to the farm. That sounds like fun. Oh my God, was it ever fun. The ride there, the ride back. And, And in retrospect, it was super dangerous. You know, Grandpa would make sure that we were in sight and a long ways away when he would fell the tree. And then we had to stay clear while he cut it up. And I mean, he did all of this by himself. 
And he must have been in his 60s then. But nonetheless, we would then come along afterwards and pick up the wood. And he taught us how to stack it in the wagon so we'd maximize the amount of wood in the wagon because the wagon wasn't that big. And how he managed to get all of us boys, it'd be all of my brothers and my cousin Greg. So there'd be five of us. I'm not sure how all of us got home, <clears throat> but we had a great time and we were all off school, whatever was the reason. It might have been parent-teacher conferences and goodness, my parents needed to talk to my teachers. But <laughs> That's a different story the for sure. Sure. Well, the first day we were there, we discovered that there were some kids that we knew from school that lived in a house on the far end of this woods and they had built a fort. Mm. Well, we didn't believe that this fort was theirs. We thought this fort was ours. So when we took over, there were five of us and maybe three of them. So they were outnumbered. <laughs> but we used rocks and sticks and we were throwing them at each other. Oh my gosh. Well, that was day one. Day two, we went back with our BB guns. Oh my god. Because oh this was war. I mean, a kid throws a stick at you, you better throw back a bigger stick. So we brought our BB guns, and of course, they were defeated. Oh my gosh. And we had enough, we were able to surround them. I think we only had three BB guns. Greg had one, Dave had one, I had one. And so we could get a, um, what do they call it? we get a flank on them. From both sides, oh and then gosh. we'd attack from the middle, and they'd retreat and go home crying. So oh my God. we had great fun. We did that a second day, so it's like three days in a row. And it might have been around Thanksgiving, but the upshot of it was uh, very much like the uh, discovery when we talked about smoking. Somebody leaked the word when we were back at the family farm, and all the cousins and the aunts and uncles and grandparents we're sitting around getting ready for dinner, and suddenly the conversation came up about how much fun we had shooting those kids with our BB guns. <laughs> oh my God. And I don't know that we ever sorted out how this word leaked out, but it leaked out. And my Uncle Arnold, the professional baseball player, took my cousin Greg's BB gun and wrapped it around a tree. Oh my gosh, he must and, have really been mad. Oh, he was. My dad was pretty angry too, and he demanded to know that this really happened. And I said, yes, it did. I I tried to never lie to my dad. <laughs> I'd already developed that uh, survival instinct. And so he said, well, he says, you're not going to use it for a year, and I'm not sure what the rest of your punishment is what I'm going to think of it. You won't be able to use it. He said, I know you bought it with your own money. So I just want you to know that that's not responsible. And he says, you are definitely going to be punished more. And I complained about why not my younger brothers being punished because they were there too. And he said, you were the oldest and you should have known better. Oh yeah. And they followed you. So, I accepted that, and I was not sure what was going to follow. I thought maybe I'd have to pay something. And 
when it came time for dinner, my dad said, Den, come, come here. And he took me into the little area of the farmhouse. It it still was not indoor plumbing, but they had a little wash basin and a medicine cabinet screwed to the wall. And he took out a patch and taped it over my right eye. Like an eye patch. Yeah. And so I had to eat dinner with all my cousins and my aunts and uncles and my parents and grandparents while wearing this eye patch. And I was choking on the tears. I wanted to cry. But my dad told me later, he said, I want you to remember now, I've always taught you, you should never point a firearm at anything that you don't intend to kill. And so it was a very firm lesson for me in firearm safety. It was also a lesson in being responsible when you're a little bit older for the younger kids who follow you. And so I thought that was the end of my punishment. That would have been about 1965 or 66. And I want you to fast forward to more recent times. In about 2010, no, maybe about 2015 or 16, Chuck and Sherry bought this beautiful piece of property and permitted me to build a deer blind up two stories on their property. And one day I was working on the top floor. It, I had to climb up a ladder to get there. And I see a van full of ladies come down the lane. And so I thought it was a group of my cousins. So I got down off the platform and walked down the, to the road. And there were these nice ladies inside. They were a bit older than me. And not my cousins, not my aunts, but these nice ladies explained that they used to live down at the end of the lane by the lake oh. and what their names were. And I said, oh, I know that name. I, of course, introduced myself. And they said, now, which one are you? I said, well, you must know my grandma, Clara, and you probably know my dad, Joe or Jay. And the lady that was closest to me looked right at me. And she says, are you the one that shot my son with a BB gun? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. After and all those years, that's like 40 years. Plus, yeah. So I stuck my hand out. and 50 years. 50, 50 years. years later. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, well, that is crazy. I stuck my hand out and I... Shook her hand. I said, I'm really sorry. I said, you know, my dad really punished me for that. She says, oh, I know. Your grandma told me all about it. <laughs> That's a cute story. Okay, Denbo. So this will be our final segment for tonight. So the question is... Who is the best band ever? Oh my gosh. I don't know that I've got enough time to think about that. Well, who's your favorite band? Probably my favorite band is the Beatles. Yeah. You probably could predict that. Of course. Denbo listens to Sirius Radio. He listens to the Beatles channel. It's Beatles 24-7. Every day, Dennis comes home with a new story about the Beatles. Well... But, you know, I love a lot of other bands, a great respecter of groups like Guess Who and um, The Who. 
an, a huge, huge band. I mean, and they're still performing sometimes together. Yeah, The Who is good. Well, okay, so what, like I've got a lot of favorite bands, but my all-time, all-time, all-time favorite band, hands down, no matter what. Okay. Is. Unload it. ba 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 bomb Earth, Wind, and Fire. E W N F. They are my favorite all time yeah, band. Their music really is so great. uplifting, and when you hear their music, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. Do you remember when we went to uh, one of our nieces' graduations in Chicago? At Columbia. She graduated from the Columbia College in yeah. downtown Chicago. She studied music, and at her graduation, it was the music majors. It might have been fine arts majors and also the dance majors, but at that graduation. There was a band that was recognized. It was Earth, Wind, and Fire, and they all received honorary degrees. Yeah. And they performed. And I'm telling you, if that wasn't the best... The best graduation... Ever. Yeah. Best graduation ceremony ever. Yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, so, that was something. Yeah. So I'm going to close out today's segment with a song from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. All right. We'll see you next week. Love you all. Love ya. I love you, Lois. Love you again. Bye-bye. This is an editor's note post-production. After uploading the Earth, Wind, and Fire song called Sing a Song, we realized that this podcast episode would only be available on Spotify and not on the other podcast platforms such as Google and Apple. So we removed the Earth, Wind, and Fire song And now this podcast is available for everybody to hear. But we do hope you will go visit your favorite music streaming service and listen to Sing a Song by Earth, Wind & Fire.